0: Hello, hello, it's Tom Frank from Spaceman World Media with a quick update. We have a number of new podcasts coming your way soon. First up is a great interview between award-winning actor, best-selling author, and tech entrepreneur Hill Harper, who sits down with musician, producer, actor, CEO of Fanbase, and the son of the legendary Isaac Hayes, no other than the great Isaac Hayes III. Check out the first 15 minutes of the interview, and if you like what you hear, search for 5-Factor Authentication. That's the number 5-Factor Authentication. On Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're catching this podcast. And please subscribe. If you like what you hear, send us a comment on Instagram at SpacemanW Media. Enjoy the show.
1: Everybody, I'm Hill Harper, and you're listening to Five Factor Authentication, a podcast about our constantly evolving relationship with technology. Brought to you by Norton. Today's show is all about social media and making it profitable. And today's guest knows just how to empower creators to do just that and thrive on these platforms. Isaac Hayes the 3rd is here to talk to us about how creators can thrive in this ever-shifting platform. Isaac is an American record producer, voice actor, and entrepreneur who has lent his voice to characters and commercials from McDonald's, American Airlines, Cadillac, the characters on uh, *A Brood Witch* for the animated television adult cartoon Aqua Teen Hunger Force*, one of my favorites. But he is he is most known uh, for his work in the music industry. Isaac operates a production company called Chart Control and and a publishing company uh, called Ike Father Ike Son Music. And speaking of fathers. Uh, he is the son of the legendary Isaac Hayes, and my voice drops when I say that because I think your voice, if you're a black man at least, your voice has to go down a few octaves if you say the name Isaac Hayes. One of the creative forces behind uh, Southern Soul Music and the label Stax Records and the voice of South Park's beloved character, Chef. Now, more recently, Isaac has made a big splash as an entrepreneur with an amazing platform called Fanbase, a multifaceted content app that allows users to monetize their posts. And today he's here to share with us his wisdom, experience and insight on how the industry is shifting and what this means for the future of artists, creators and everybody out there. Because in many ways in this new world, everybody is actually an artist and a creator of content. So, so Isaac Hayes, the third, thank you so much brother, for joining me and joining us on Five Factor Authentication. Um, I just want to jump right in and, and let, let's go first to your your roots. Now, you grew up in a musical household. You know, yes, your indeed. father is a legend. Um, you named your music publishing company after him. And, and you know, so where along those lines, because cause, Stax Records, you know, we associate that with like true vinyl, right? So where yeah. did technology come into the picture for you?
2: Uh, probably when I wanted to get in the music business as a producer myself. And so there's two things coming out of high school that I I knew I wanted to do, which was either I wanted to be in the music business or I wanted to wind up doing something with computers, video games or something like that. And the irony that I'd had a 20 year career as a music producer and then found my way into the tech industry is kind of exactly what I thought I would be doing at 17 18 years old so um so
1: 17 or 18 was that that aha moment when you knew that technology and tech would be like this powerful force in your life or was it just something yeah that you
2: that kind of pulled and you gravitated
1: towards like like did you really realize whoa this
2: is it not not until i came up with the idea for Famous that i know that Tech, like the tech industry, was something that I would be a part of because I was so deep in the music industry for so long. I mean, spending twenty years in a business um, and having success at it, and then being comfortable in that, um, was kind of where I was. And then out of you know out of nowhere, you get this idea, and it's like I want to build an app. And I was like, I've never built an app before, but I want to build one. So. Um, this is that's where it kinda it it, it kinda jar. But I've had an affinity for technology. I'm one of those gadget junkies like my father was. So I gotta have every iPhone, I gotta have the PlayStation two, three, four, five. You know, I'm that guy. So So, so, so you
1: you were a person who you always wanted to upgrade and you were you were you were buying and staying on top of what's new. You weren't letting something just run, run, run till you ran into the yeah. ground. You were always updating and updating and updating
2: yeah I, w- I want to know what's next. I want the- I want to know what the future holds is by way of technology and what we're able to do. so yeah, absolutely. So let's dig deeper into that. Do you think that sure. that part of being
1: able to anticipate what's next is also being able to keep up with what's out there and available? And if folks aren't actually using the new, you can't anticipate the new or so for instance, what are you using right now? Like what tech, as an example, is empowering your life right now? Uh, that we could learn from and say, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I am really? i am i am i do not really, I'm surprised she uses that. Or I didn't know that even existed. Or so what tech is actually in today, today's world for you empowering your life?
2: I mean, well, from a, from a business perspective, I use Slack, like internally in our company, we use Slack to communicate. And it's just such an efficient tool because there's so many things that you can do. It's um, just inter inter intercompany company communication. So we're always connected, you know, like, the dev is connected with marketing and marketing is connected with the executive team and the social team. So we're able to collaborate virtually in real time um, to do all the things that we need to do to make fan base run. And it's super, super efficient. So I love Slack. I know I didn't mean for this to be a Slack ad, but I love it. But it, it works very efficiently for what we're doing. And then you probably. And hey, um, listen,
1: you probably were an early investor. You know, <laughs> full disclosure. You know, I know, I know. You 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 got you're invested in a lot of these startups. I know how you do.
2: <laughs> no, not Slack. I wish I wish I was, but I, I love it so much. But yeah, Slack is kind of where I'm at right now. And then um, I don't. I just like to see what what new ways people are creating content or engaging with content. So like, you know, augmented reality, face filters, things that are very interactive in the way that, that people engage that, um, you know, do, do all wonderful sorts of things that help, you know, keep you enthralled in, in, in existing inside of social media.
1: So, so l- l- let's talk about that real quick with augmented reality and folks creating you, you, you have launched something very powerful that makes anybody the, the ability to be a creator, number one. And number two, yeah. monetize that on platforms, audio, video, long form chat, you know, uh, in many ways, eliminating the gatekeepers and, and, and distribution. But now, how do you feel about this decentralization or the open access that a platform like yours provides coming from a family where obviously the talent was the gatekeeper? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if you couldn't write a song and, and record it now, it seems like everybody is using technology. Everybody thinks they're Aretha Franklin. Right. Everybody right. thinks yeah. they're Isaac Hayes and, and record a song. How do you, what do you think about the use of technology that's in many ways opened it up for creators? But at the same time, the people with real talent, like the real, real, real is, 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 is it sort of sh- shorten that window? Or, what,
2: what do you feel about that? I don't, well, I think that technology is also eliminating jobs, right? I actually saw a video the other day, and I think it was like a McDonald's or a Wendy's. No, it was Steak and Shake, and they had no servers. It was all just keypads, and they just had people in the back cooking, and that was it. Like... You know, Steak and Shake is almost like a diner that used to have several, like like four, five, six, seven servers, and now those jobs are gone. And so as technology replaces human beings, we also have to leverage technology to be able to use it to our own benefit. And so um, the interconnectivity between individuals and in-app purchases and payments and billions of people on smartphones, I think, is going to change um, the game because it levels the playing field for anybody to be able to build a business. And, and that's what I love about Fanbase. Fanbase puts everybody in the position to turn themselves into their own business via subscription. And so to me, that's that's a game changer because a lot of jobs are going to go away. I think I, I saw a video of a guy that he took a, a form of an Uber in, in Phoenix, Arizona. He went from Bank of America to Trader Joe's and the car didn't have a driver. So it's just like when you're seeing those little things that are happening right now, 10 years from now, they're not gonna be anybody you know, driving Ubers. Like there's not gonna be, there's gonna be driverless cars. There's going to be grocery stores where you just walk in and walk out with what you want. There's gonna be so much automation that there are gonna be a lot of people out of work. And if you don't have a way to offset that in some way, shape or form, you know, we're gonna be in a lot of trouble. As a black
1: tech founder myself, when we think about uh, our community, How do you think something like fan base and the ability to create entrepreneurial activity impacts communities that have historically been in many ways underrepresented or certainly underrepresented in tech? Uh, Mm -hmm. What is your thought
2: about that? It's game changing because in, in, in my honest opinion, the economic engine of social media is black culture. And it is often appropriated and exploited to the benefit of others that are not African-American people. And, and I explain that in, in a few ways. But the best way that I can explain it is a platform like TikTok. And I'm not, you know, I'm not I just don't believe that TikTok cares about black people. I don't think they can do anything to support any of the black creators that get frustrated on the platform. But here's my example. is that,
1: that, that what Kanye said about George Bush one time? You know, so you very similar,
2: very similar. I I, I feel the same way about TikTok, (laughs) but what I mean is um, the the nature of short form video is to mimic each other, right? So, Hill, if you do something cool, I can make a video and copy what you did, and it's cool too, right? And typically, what happens is happens is those cool things are started by young black kids or young young people in general, but mostly black kids. When those events, those skits, those dances, whatever those, those moments are when they're copied by other creators that are not black on platforms like TikTok that are based off advertising, it behooves the platform to have very famous white people that mimic black people to be the ones that receive the most visibility because that creates the most visibility for them to run ads and make money. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's the reason why black culture is exploited because it's very, very, very profitable, but it's not profitable for for it to be black-led or or, or black centric, right? I give the example of if a network like ABC had all the most popular African American shows on television. So if it had blackish, um insecure, snowfall, you know, power, real housewives, love and hip hop. It would be a a great show that people would watch, right? But it still wouldn't make the ad dollars that a network like NBC or ABC that had, you know, Dancing with the Stars and and, and Um American Idol had. So it's all about advertising revenue. So without that advertising revenue,
1: yeah.
2: it's just it's just the way that black culture is positioned.
1: But well, but but isn't that an advertising uh, 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 ghettoization or under undervaluation of of the black community, black culture, black content. We all know that there is not pay equity, that that deals that come along, whether they're even branding deals or whatever deals, they're always not equal. There's different, yeah. you know, all sorts of different things that come along and advertising money runs different directions. So you think that platforms like Fanbase that allow the individual to go directly to the consumer will mm-hmm. disrupt that that
2: very thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's gonna. It's, it's going to. It's going to be an alternative because a couple things. So just just by sheer numerical numbers, there are more white people in the United States of America than black people. So as an advertiser, if I want to advertise a a, a product broad, like if it is tennis shoes or if it's a certain food, you want to advertise to everybody. But if it's, if it's focused specifically on the African-American community, sometimes people are turned away. That's why they make different tones of commercials for different people with different races in them. And so TikTok wants to have Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Ray and, and all the young stars that they have on the platform be the biggest because they're more eyeballs that watch them so then they can run ads. So I, that, that's the reason why, you know, I say that it, it, it's that way. When you remove ads from the platform, which Fanbase doesn't have any ads at all, um, Fanbase allows people to create content and have subscribers directly to themselves like they were Netflix. Right. And so that changes the game because it doesn't take a lot of people to subscribe to you for you to make an enormous amount of money. Right. Okay, but
1: let me ask a question about that. Is, do you think mm-hmm. that we're headed towards a place of, as we look into the future in terms of technology and monetization, where we're looking at subscriber overload? It's like, you know, if, if you got Disney Plus, if you got Netflix, yeah. if you got Paramount Plus, HBO Max, and you're paying fan base, you're paying, how many of these monthly charge types of, of, of accounts can we have for our social and entertainment as we look forward in terms of technology?
0: Enjoying the show? Continue listening to the full episode, including Hill's five key takeaways by finding five-factor authentication on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can also watch the episode on YouTube at Spaceman World Media. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great podcasts rolling out soon.